How many of you have noticed it has been a little warm lately? Anybody? Uh, and specifically, when it comes to, uh, when it's this hot, when it comes to laundry, it presents a problem. Amen? Anybody else had this problem uh, this summer? You leave the clothes in the washing machine just for like five minutes longer than usual, Right? You move them over to the dryer, you wear them out, and when you walk into the 102 degree weather, you begin to smell just a little bit of faint smell of something that doesn't smell like your cologne or your perfume, right? Have you been there? Has has it happened to anybody? Be honest, has it happened to anybody this summer? That the mildew action that, I mean, it's, it's, it's like there is a line that if you do not, and, and, and for, for, for us, we've really encouraged our kids to do their own laundry, uh, Encouraged. That does not mean it happens all the time. And, and they're even worse. They'll start one like a ninja, and we'll go, and how long has this been in there? I don't know. It's just been, you know, I don't know. I started an hour ago. Well, it was three hours ago, and guess what? Whoo! Same thing happens uh, with, with that dish towel, right, or that dish rag or that, that sponge. Um, our kids, again, are supposed to do work, so they do the dishes, and they don't wring that sponge out. Next time you pick it up, how's that smell? It's real, real nice, and it's very ple- super sour, uh, almost, almost, you know, I, 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 even after I wring it out and rinse it out, I feel like I can't get the smell off my hands. Listen, spiritually, that can happen to us. Spiritually, we can get stagnant. Spiritually, we can sour. Spiritually, we can have kind of that spiritual smell of mildew rather than the aroma of Christ. We are meant to have. And this morning, what I want to present to you is a cure. I, I mean that, an actual cure. Now, it's nothing new. Um, in fact, uh, we, we've talked about it here before. You guys have heard sermons on it before. Many of you are doing it currently. Yet I would submit to you that um, biblically, I think it's one of the only answers that gets us out of this spiritual stagnation, that spiritual sourness that we often face. And uh, so what I'm going to ask you to do is uh, hopefully abide by Galatians 6, which warns against us getting tired of the spiritual habit we're going to talk about this morning, which is service, which is service. So join me in a word of prayer as we prepare our hearts to receive God's word as he speak to us, speaks to us about our need to serve one another. Father, we love you, and we recognize that in this season that we're in, as we kind of wrap up uh, our series shortly here, uh, in a couple of weeks on, on these spiritual habits, um, we recognize we're talking about habits that affect the entire body, the entire church. And so, Lord, this morning as we come to talk about serving your church, um, we're going we're gonna to pause and just ask that you would come and uh, be our teacher, our guide. Holy Spirit, we invite you in here to this place, space and to this time. We, we um, pray that you would teach us the words of, of God that you would exalt Jesus Christ. Jesus, as you're lifted up, you would draw such a perfect picture of who you are and who you call us to be that we cannot leave here unchanged. So Holy Spirit, just do this work in our midst as we continue to now worship you, not through song, but through the study of your word. Be honored in our presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open them up to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, 
Uh, we'll be there. Later we'll be in Isaiah 6. I think those are the only two places I'm going to ask you to physically turn. Everything else will be on the screen. Uh, but uh, Ephesians chapter 2, I'm starting in verse 8. I want to read to you a verse that is probably very familiar to you, but we're going to read a little further along in the text. Many of us know Ephesians 2.8. I, I want to include verse 9 and 10 this morning. And the Word of God says this. It says, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We are created for good works, which God prepared for us ahead of time, uh, or prepared ahead of time for us to do. So I've got four things I want to share with you about service this morning. And here's the, the very first thing I think we need to understand. And it's this. Guys, we were actually saved for service. God saved us for, for service, okay? We're, we're, we're saved to, to serve. And, and so the text reads, starting in verse 8, for you are saved by grace through faith. And it says this is not from, from us, right? It, it says this is not from yourselves. That means that, that it, it's not from our works. It means that there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Nor is there anything that we can do to force the hand of God to make Him save us. It, it, it's impossible for us to be the ones that produce our own salvation. It says, no, rather it's a free gift from God. Okay? So God is the one that gives this salvation. And, and when we receive this free gift of God, um, the Bible says that we're born again. That's what we read in John chapter 3. That we are born of the Spirit of God. It, it, it's a rebirth. A, a recreation is another way to put it. Now with that in mind, a, a rebirth, a recreation occurs when we receive um, the gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. When we are recreated, the question then is, what are we recreated for? And Ephesians 2.10 answers that. It says, for we are His workmanship. Created, again, think with me, recreated now in Christ Jesus, born again, made new, what? For what? For good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We are made for good works. We're made to serve and to glorify God. That's why we're saved. Right? And, and so if you'll just think about this with me, that God saves us, but, but that's actually just the beginning. For, for, for some of us, that's the end. Right? We, we, we receive Jesus, we, we say, okay, that's good, I'm going to heaven, that's the end. That's, that's the end of my story. And God says, no, that's not the end of your story, that's the beginning of your story. Because I didn't just save you so that you could be with me one day in heaven, no, I actually saved you so that you could become a part of my story now. So, so God saves us in order that we might serve, that we might start serving His kingdom, that we might start serving uh, and, and, and storing up eternal things instead of the things here on earth that rust and, and are destroyed. God, the creator of heaven and earth, the author of everything, invites us to be a part of His story. He saves us in order to invite us in to allow us to be a part of what he is doing. This is a big deal. So we've got to start here. Like if we want to talk about why, why should I serve, right? If that was the question, that was the banner of our talk, we kind of have to begin here um, because we're saved for it. Because we're saved for it. How many of you, just be honest, like it's, it's okay, this is a good, honest space. How many of you honestly thought you were only saved for eternal life? 
Let's be honest. Anybody? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what we talk about in church, right? I'm, I'm saved for, for eternal life. That's, that's the point. And, and, and yes, absolutely, we are saved for eternity. We are. But God wants us to be a part of that building of eternity. He wants to be a part of building his kingdom. That's why he invites us into his story. That's why he chooses us, predestines us to have an impact on the world. So we're saved to serve. Not only are we saved to serve, though, the second thing I want you to see is that we're gifted to serve. Not only are we saved to serve, we're gifted to serve. Now, some of you are raised in the church, and God bless you, you have known this your whole life. I guess they, they taught this in Sunday school when you were six. I, I don't know. But, but for me, um, many of us are, are newer to Christ. Now, I was saved when I was 20, so I've been doing it uh, over 20 years now. But, but, but I, I remember how shocked I was by this truth, right? Not only was I, I recreated in Jesus, not, not only was I reborn in Jesus, but at the moment that I received um, Jesus Christ through the Spirit of God, I was also re-equipped in Jesus. I, I, I was given new ability in Christ, like, like new things, things I didn't have before. It, it, I mean, these new spiritual things. And, and for me, that was just, that was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing. I was, I was born, and just like I was born physically, and I had natural traits and characteristics that, that when I was born, because my mom and dad, I, I kind of worked this way, when I was reborn in Jesus, I, I had new spiritual traits that belonged to my father. And, and I had no idea that I had them before because they were completely absent before. Now, some of those things lined up with my passions in life, but some of them did not. Some of them did not. Some of them were they, just completely new. And, and I, I think some people need to hear this, that we are not just saved and, and we're not just reborn, but we're also re-equipped. We're given new ability. The Bible calls these new abilities spiritual gifts. I want you to listen to what Peter says, 1 Peter 4.10. says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. Okay? Now, now, according to that verse, why, why are we? Why, why do we receive gifts? What are we supposed to do with them? To serve others. So God saves us to serve. Then he enables us. He equips us. Right? He gives us spiritual gifts so that we can serve. And, and it says each of us has been given a gift. Right? So I want to say this to you this morning. Listen. If you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have been given at least one spiritual gift. At least one. Now, now, now some people have, have, have multiple. They have more than one. I, I don't know of anybody on the face of the planet that has all of them. All right? Um, I, I'm, I'm just here to tell you. And, and it's okay, right? It's okay. But if you are here and you've put your faith and trust in Christ, if you've given your life to him, if you've been saved, you have also been endowed with a spiritual gift, at least one. And we're given these gifts so that we can serve others. So, see, these gifts aren't secrets. These gifts are, are, are not meant to be hidden. These gifts are not meant to be stored away for, for some future day. No, they're, they're not even meant for us. Ready? Instead, they are meant for us to use. Let me say that again. Spiritual gifts are not meant for us. They are meant for us to use. To pour out the grace of God in the lives of other people. I said at the beginning that I wanted uh, us, my hope is it will be cured of our, 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 our spiritual sourness, our spiritual stagnation, our, our spiritual mildew, uh, if you will. And so here's the key. The key to that curing 
is understanding why you're gifted. You have to understand why you've been gifted by the Spirit of God, and it is not for you. It is not for your benefit. It's not for you to store up and to hold. You've been gifted so that you could ring yourself out in the life of other people. That's why you've been gifted. Um, we, we, I, I, like, I like the illustration. How many of you know what a cistern is? Right? Just a stagnant kind of pond. Um, God did not gift you to be a cistern. He gifted you to be a channel. Okay? He gifted you to be a channel through which his grace and his blessing could flow into the lives of others. And so your spiritual gifts aren't for you. They're for you to use and to ring out, to, to open up the doors of that channel, to flow out into the lives of the people that are surrounding you so that they might experience the grace, love, and mercy of God through you, all right? That is the intent of spiritual gifts. Now, when you do that, when you, when you allow God to use you, it's great. When you don't, all the effects are tough. We become stagnant, right? The Dead Sea has, has plenty of tributaries flowing into it. It's got lots of nutrients go into it. It just has no place to go. So everything dies, right? Same is true of, of, of us, right? When we have no place to serve, we get stagnant. That spiritual life that we once experienced just seems to, to die. Now, we don't lose our salvation, but we start wondering, what's going on? I don't, I don't feel right. You know why you don't feel right? Because you're not experiencing the abundant life that you're meant to experience because you're not serving the body the way that God intended you to serve. You're not pouring out the blessing and the grace of God to others in service. You become stagnant, sour. You begin to stink. So I say this to you in love because here's the truth. Uh, for some of us... Um, we're not there yet. Now, some of you may walk through the door and you feel it. You feel like you just feel stagnant. You feel just your spiritual life is just, oh, you know it. You're wading through mud, right? I mean, you just know it. It's like, oh, this is horrid, and, and you know it. But for some of you, you're not there yet, but maybe you've caught just a whiff of that mildew. It's just starting to set in, okay? And so then my hope and my prayer this morning is you just take this as a warning, Take this as a warning, okay? So we are saved in order to serve. We are gifted in order to serve. Number three, we should be motivated to serve. We're saved to serve. We're gifted to serve. We should be motivated to serve. I'm just going to give you four motivations. There's a lot more, but I'm just going to give you four um, reasons we should be motivated to serve. And the first is, is straightforward. Uh, it's just obedience, Right? We should serve out of, out of obedience to, to God. Deuteronomy 13.4 says this. It says, you must follow the Lord your God and fear Him. Uh, you must keep His commands and listen to Him. Uh, you must worship Him and remain faithful to Him. Now, that, that word worship, as we're going to see in a couple other places, that word worship has to do with service. Service. Okay? You must serve Him and remain faithful to Him is a more accurate picture of what the text proclaims. All right? So, so we serve God because we're commanded to. Uh, number two, we serve God out of gratitude. Out of gratitude. Again, uh, it says, above all, fear the Lord and worship Him. Again, that word worship, 
Uh, it means to serve. It means to work. Uh, it appears 290 times in the Old Testament. 227 of those times it means to serve. Uh, two, uh, another five it has to do with the word servant. Only five times does it mean worship. In this, in this text, and again in our previous text, it means serve. It says, above all, fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all of your heart. Consider the great things that He has done. Why should I serve God? Ready? Because you're to consider the great things He's done for you. You you serve because of what He's done. You serve because you're grateful. You serve because He set you free. You serve because once you were a slave, but He sent a deliverer in Christ Jesus. And so you serve out of that place. God, I'm thankful for the salvation that you have provided, for the forgiveness that you've given me, right? And so we serve because we're forgiven. Isaiah chapter 6, you can turn there if you like. Um, Isaiah chapter 6 is when Isaiah has his encounter with God as he goes to the temple to pray the year that King Isaiah dies. Remember, he sees the Lord seated on the throne and, 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 and the entire temple is filled with smoke and, and, and uh, he sees the robe there of God and, and it says the, in verse 4, the foundations and the doorway shook at the sound of, of the voices of, of the angels and the seraphim that were crying out, holy, holy, holy. Uh, it says this in verse 5, then I said, woe is me for I am ruined. Because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of armies, verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth and, and, with it, and, and he said this. Now that it has touched your lips, your iniquity, your, iniquity, your, your sin is removed. Your sin is atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, who should I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Why does Isaiah sign up? Why does Isaiah, why is he so willing to say, I'll go wherever you send me. I'll do whatever you say. Why? The answer is because he's been forgiven. Because, because the angel has touched his lips. He says, woe is me for I'm unclean. And the angel says, not anymore. Not anymore. You're forgiven is what you are. You were unclean, but now you're forgiven. And the only rightful response to forgiveness is he says, wherever you send me, I'll go. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. That's the right response. So, so we serve out of obedience. We serve out of, out of gratitude because we are forgiven. Donald um, Whitney says this. He says, God has never done anything greater for anyone, nor could he do anything greater for you than what he has done in bringing you to himself. God could do nothing greater for you than what he's done through the life of the Son, Jesus Christ. Serve from that place, okay? Third reason we should serve, ready? Gladness. We should serve out of gladness, out of joy. Psalm 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with, with, with joyful songs. Guys, I, I want to tell you this. Listen, it, it's, it's not a burden to serve God. It's a privilege. We've got to stop acting like it's a death sentence. Oh, my gosh. All they ever do is talk about children's church in this place. Just want somebody to sign up for children's church. Like the children are that important. When I was a kid, we had to sit in the pews and they slapped us with a ruler. That should be fine for the rest of us. Should be fine. Doesn't matter. These children these days, all about them. Like, I learned about God just fine. Look at me. I sit and worship. I don't raise my hands. I don't do nothing. I sit here and I come. That should be fine for them too. 
he gets. Get out the ruler, man. We don't serve out of that. We serve out of, out of joy. Listen, I, I don't know if you recognize this, but all of God's work is holy work. All of it, including cleaning toilets, including changing diapers, including vacuuming floors. All of God's work is holy work. And guess what? Without Christ, you're not even qualified for it. See, there was a day when only certain people could serve the Lord. But because of Jesus, we now are those certain people. Because of Jesus, we're now qualified. We're called priests. We get to go in the temple. We get to go. Not, 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 Not we have to go. We get to go because of what Jesus has done. Because he's torn the curtain in two. That is a privilege. We are privileged to worship God. We are privileged to serve God. It is a privilege. So stop acting like he's killing you. For real. It's a privilege to be called a priest. It's a privilege. You know what? Priest work's messy. For real. Um, how many of you like to cook? Anybody like to cook? All right. Anybody like a good chicken wing every once in a while? Good. We had some last night, and dude, they were dynamite. All right. Uh, you know what's not awesome? Preparing the wings, right? I, I don't know if you got the money to buy the ones already pre-done, but, you know, we, we don't necessarily live on that budget in my house. And, and so my wife gets them out. She goes, I don't know what to do with this whole thing. We've got to cut it here. We've got to trim it there. And once in a while you're cooking, you get out a big piece of meat, and you've got to start cutting in that. And you're like, this is, this is why I don't cook. It's bloody, and it's messy, and, you know. Some guys are like, that's why I hunt. I like it. Yeah, try to take your wife hunting with you and see if she's going to eat the venison after she has to scoop out the guts, right? She's going to be like, we're never eating that. It's just not going to happen. The priest had to deal with all that. The blood and, and the guts and the cleaning up. And the, I mean, we, we like to think of, of all, all the, oh, well, look at all the public ministry. They had to do the, the, the dirty work. It's part of the job. And, and listen, it's a privilege to do it. It's a privilege to get your hands dirty for God. And there was a time that you weren't qualified for it. But through Christ, you are now qualified to get your hands dirty. Amen? Amen. It is a privilege. It's a privilege. Last reason, last motivation. Ready? Uh, Love. It says, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use the freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Serve one another through love. You may remember the conversation that Jesus had with Peter as he restores him on the shore. He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And what does he say to him? Then feed my sheep. Then get busy, Peter. You love me, serve me, right? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. The upper room, he gets on his, hand, uh, gets on his knees and, and he washes the feet, the, the lowest part of his, his disciples. And then he says to them, what I've done for you, you don't know yet, but I've set an example for you. As I have served you, you must now serve one another. If you love me, you'll obey me. I'm commanding you 
You need to serve one another. That's a command of Jesus, by the way. Follow my example. Serve one another. We do it out of love for God. God, I love you. God, I love you. I'm going to serve my brothers and sisters. And get this, I'm not, I'm not just going to wash their hair. No, I'm going to wash their feet. Not just because I love them, because I love you. I'm still working on some of them. But I love you, Lord. I'm going to wash their feet, okay? Fourth thing I want you to see last. You may not know this. It's kind of a big deal. There is a special blessing that comes to those who serve in secret. There is a special blessing that comes to those who serve in secret. I'm going to explain that here in a bit. And other than just the fact that Jesus talks about praying in secret and uh, giving in secret, don't let your left hand see what the right is doing or right see what the left is doing, those kind of things. There's a a special blessing involved. And uh, I I want to say this first, though. I, I believe there is a plague that is affecting um, the servants of the church. And it's not new. It's actually been around for, forever. A- Ananias uh, and Sapphira uh, got this plague. Uh, Simon the sorcerer contracted this plague. Um, and and, and I, I call it the, the plague of uh, self-righteous service. The plague of self-righteous service, right? And, and, and we have this plague, we, we, we struggle with this plague because our hearts are deceitful above all else and beyond cure, right? We struggle with it because, because in, in our innermost being, we are selfish individuals. And we are so self-centered that, that it actually oozes out of us even when we are trying to serve others. Richard uh, Foster offers up some warnings uh, about this. And I just edited these warnings and, and kind of formatted them in a bit of the Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck, uh, if kind of, kind of fashion. We might be um, self-righteous serving, or self-righteous server, if we need to be appreciated for our service. We might be a self-righteous server if we need to be repaid for our service. If we're doing it so that we'll get something back from somebody else. Even, even listen, even, even that appreciation, that's, that, that falls under that category. I'll tell you how, how wicked we are, how wicked I am. Um, the other day, I, I don't know what it is, ladies. I love you guys. I don't, what, what is the film that, ha, that, that goes in the sink when you put makeup on? What is the film? I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a little bit of powder that accumulates. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was beautiful and white and suddenly it's not. It's getting a little tan. I, I don't know what that is. Um, but we had, we had some, some surplus the other day. And so I, I like, I, I, you know, and, and I, I, I can add to it. I can just, and I just walk away and you got some toothpaste. So the other day I'm like, I'm going to clean the sink scrubbed and scrubbed, did the whole thing. And I didn't, I didn't say anything because I wanted my wife to see it. And so, so she came home. She came home and I know she saw it. She didn't say a thing. I just bit my tongue. Mm, I ain't going to say nothing. Mm, bit my tongue, bit my tongue. At the end of the day, she said something. I said, so you did see it. I couldn't wait. I could not. Well, I, I, I should have done it just out of love. Right? Just, I, I really did. I mean, it started in a place that I thought, I'm just doing this for my wife. You know what I was doing it for? Because I wanted an attaboy is why I was doing it. And, I, and in the moment, she, I told you, did. I was like accusing her. Why didn't you tell me thank you? Gosh, we're broken. You might be a self-righteous server 
if you only serve certain people. You might be a self-righteous server if you only serve when you feel like it. Sorry, Lord, I just don't feel like it today. That's because your heart's a liar. Here's what I want to say about that kind of service. The benefit's barely visible. Because if you're doing it, you think, man, I'm I'm doing it. I'm, I'm checking it off the list. It's good. I would tell you from a church perspective, it's really barely visible because what will happen is you'll get involved in a ministry. Ministry will become dependent upon you. People, people, people are going to be affected by it, right? Their lives are going to be um, in, in the process of sanctification, transformation because God's using you and then you back out <laughs> and there's a void. And, and sometimes you might even do more damage than good when you're, when you're serving out of those wrong motives. And so, uh, again, our, our hope, our prayer uh, is that we might uh, find this cure. And I want you to know there is a cure. And the cure for that kind of service leads to great, uh, a great blessing of grace. Ready? And uh, that cure is serving in secret. Serving out of the spotlight. Serving someone for the sake of the Savior, not for ourselves. Not even for the person necessarily. And... Uh, I want you to know every, everything in you is going to want to fight against this. Okay, everything in you. Everything in you. Richard Foster says this. Uh, he says, nothing disciplines the inordinate desires of the flesh like service. And nothing transform the de- transforms the desires of the flesh like serving in hiddenness. The flesh whines against service, but get this, it screams against hidden service screams against. Your flesh does not want you to serve in secret. It wants you to seek out the glory, the appreciation, the attaboys. But if we can learn to serve in secret, there is a special um, kind of blessing that we get from God because that kind of service produces something in us that we cannot find any other way. We cannot find this thing from God um, by seeking it out. But what this kind of service and hiddenness produces in us is, is a quality of Christ that we are told um, that we're supposed to mimic, but yet we can't seek out. And that quality of Christ, friends, is the quality of humility. Humility. You want to, what's the blessing of humility? Ready? Here's the blessing. It's going with the flow of God, not fighting against it. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace continually to the humble. Right? God exalts the people that take the lowest seat. And so I, I don't know about you, but... Um, I don't mind fighting occasionally. I don't want to be fighting against God. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, like if, I, if, if I'm going to swing, I don't want to be swinging against the inventor of the haymaker, you know? So there's this great blessing of humility. We don't get that by seeking it out. It comes when we learn to do hard work of service in the hard places of life places where people often don't see, where they usually don't appreciate, where they almost never reciprocate. But it is here that we find Jesus. So, that's uh, what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and then um, 
we're going to go over some stuff. Now, on the back side of your uh, sermon notes, you're going to notice there's no application. That's because uh, our application lies in this blue sheet, this blue sheet. And so uh, if you'll grab that blue sheet, I'm just going to run through some things and some things that aren't on here very quickly, and then we're going to turn it over to, to Jacob, and, and he's going to just lead us in a little bit of time of prayer over these things. But I, I just want to walk through these things and define them so you know what they are. We have opportunities in this place to do some of these things. Now, I haven't listed everything on here. In fact, I've got three more things that didn't even fit on the list. Uh, now, here's the cool thing. How many of you are more tech-savvy than you are uh, old-school paper-savvy, right? Uh, the, anybody? Uh, maybe not in this service, but in my next one, I'm going to have tech-savvy folks. Uh, the cool thing, we're emailing this, this out to you, too. So the email's going to go out today uh, in between services, and, uh, and you can do, fill out an online form, and we'll get these answers. But, but it, so here's some opportunities completely out of the spotlight. We never see the people that make coffee, but it's here for us every Sunday. You can be a part of that team. Okay, we've got somebody that'll, that'll help you out. Uh, the, the stuff in the pews for our visitors, uh, our tithing envelopes, all those things. Somebody has to fill those every week. It is, it is the most um, non-thankful job in the church because, again, nobody ever sees who does it. Uh, greeters, the people at the door. We have the same greeters. Jack and Joyce uh, have, been so, have, have been so great helping lead up that team, but they need more faces. We could use people out in the parking lot um, greeting people. Hi, how are you? Showing them where to enter the building, right? We need more, more people. Uh, a dishwasher for Wednesday night. We have teams that volunteer to cook, and then when they're done cooking, they've got to turn around and scrub all the dishes that they just cooked for you in. Doesn't seem right to me. Seems like we, we, we could have somebody that says, yeah, man, I can wash dishes. I, I can do a few dishes on Wednesday night if I don't have to cook. Um, we, we've got our small groups are launching on the 9th. We're doing something a little different with our sermon-based questions. We, we're going to have a team of people that help write the questions. They have to be open-ended right? That it's not just yes or no, but we need some people that are here in church every Sunday that say, yeah, Jason, I'll submit one or two questions. That's what we just need. It's somebody that, that's going to do that. If, if you feel led, you could even oversee it. They'll email you. You'll email out the group leaders, but we need some people that are willing to do that. Um, we still need some small group facilitators or leaders. Uh, now, now, we're doing good on groups, but maybe that's something you feel led to do. Um, same thing with hosts. Children's Sunday school helpers. That means you don't teach, you help. That's an easy job. You just show up and, and you, you know, the teacher says, hey, can you get me this? Yep, I'm on it. Can you get me some crumbs? Yep, I'm on it. Can you get me some water? Yep, I'm on it. You, you, don't, you don't even, I mean, it, it is the, it, it's, it's a great job. Now, again, you're not going to get a lot of thanks for it. Kingdom Kids Helper, Wednesday night. Uh, Kingdom Kids is kind of relaunching itself, wanting to do something different. And Catherine told me this week, she really needs more volunteers. She, she really has a vision for what she'd like to do in smaller groups, but she just doesn't have enough people right now. So again, it's, you just say, hey, I want to be a helper, right? Children's church, Sunday morning. Um, we, we would love to have enough people signed up for children's church that you only had to do it um, once every two or three months. That'd be great. That'd be great. You just have to do it once every two or three months. Um, cooking teams, Wednesday night, we could use two more teams. I, 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 I had one person reply to a, an email, and they said, you know what? Uh, I, used to, I used to teach at culinary school. And I was like, whoa, I bet you never had to cook on this shoestring budget, but it's okay. It's going to be good. Maybe you could help on a cooking team or you could lead a cooking team. Lord's Supper preparation. Do you know that when you show up here, when we do communion, it doesn't just magically appear? Somebody actually has to pour out that juice into each little tiny cup. It is exhausting. Toddlers are the ones that do it. I'm sure they could, they could use a break every once in a while, right? Uh, prayer team. Prayer team. Big shift in our services when we start back. Um, uh, we used to have Bible study. 
in, in the fellowship hall. Uh, we're going to have a Bible study here. Aaron Anderson is leading a Bible study on marriage for women. Um, but we're going to open up the sanctuary and we're going to have prayer meeting. We're actually going to pray. That's what we're going to do. Um, there may be a little devotion that comes with it, but it's not going to be 45 minutes of Bible study and five minutes of prayer. We're just not going to do that. Uh, children's security check-in. Uh, we have a new system that we're implementing. We just bought the printers um, where we can, we can actually check in kids and print labels and put them on the kids, and it's going to be more secure for us. We need some more volunteers. But youth fifth quarter, all you have to do is show up and make sure that kids don't run off, you know, and, and do other Like Ryan will give you all the details. The same thing with youth events. You just have to be a presence there. Um, you know, you have to, have to love kids. Uh, church laundry team. Believe it or not, we don't have a washer and a dryer here at the church. We, we just don't have it. And so when people use towels, when we use the baptistry, we have stuff every week that just needs to be laundered. You just come, you take it home. Again, nobody's going to see you do this. It's completely out of the spotlight, but we could definitely use it. Uh, baptism team, same, same thing. They help with laundry. They, they help people get dressed. You never see the people behind uh, the curtain. Food pantry always needs workers. Uh, I'm sure Ricky would love uh, for somebody to, to pick things up every once in a while. Ricky goes every single time. Uh, there's a need. Ricky goes and picks up the groceries and takes care of that. He could definitely use some people to help unload. Pregnancy Resource Center needs volunteers. Drive a senior is a great place in our community. Uh, our building and grounds. Uh, three that didn't make it on there because I ran out of room. Our sound booth needs more volunteers. Uh, we need more help with slides. Right now, Jenny is doing everything. Bless her heart. But she, I mean, she's been so faithful but, but she needs a break. It's not that hard. We can train you. You just have to do it. It's behind the scenes. Nobody ever knows that Jenny's up there except for me. Because she's killing it. I'm like, yes. Right? <laughs> Musicians. Musicians, same thing. If you play an instrument, let us know, right? These are all ways you can help us out. And, and maybe there's something that God's put on your heart. That's what that other blink is for. Hey, I want to start an other kind of ministry that, that's maybe behind the scenes. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to pray. And we're just going to give you an opportunity to respond uh, right where you are by filling out that form.